Good morning. Greet you all in Jesus' name this morning. According to my calendar, today is Parents' Day. And as I was considering that, I uh, thought about that actually uh, primarily parenting is a leadership role. And uh, so as I was contemplating that, I my mind went back to uh, biblical leadership class in Maranatha Bible School, and uh, I thought, well, maybe, maybe I could review some of that material and see, get some ideas, and I came across a lesson, um, entitled Deficiencies in Leadership. And uh, as I looked through that, I was challenged again. You know, when we, when you train an employee, or you've been trained by your employer, they not only tell you what you should do, but they tell you what to watch out for and not to do. Uh, impending danger. Um, um, when I had shop class, at, when I had shop class at our place, uh, I told the students what to do, and I told them what not to do. And how you tell when you are getting approaching danger. And so, um, this morning we're going to talk a little bit about deficiencies in parenting. And I don't want this sermon to be a negative sermon, but it's one that we can look at and. Uh, you know, if you if you look at the negative and you major on the negative, oh, I'll never be like that. Then that's an obsession that's going to run run us uh, awry. Anyhow, also, actually, be as much a. I suppose that would be a deficiency. <laughs> I never want to be like my dad, or I never want to be like my mom, or my uncle, or whatever, and bound and determined. So, anyhow, I didn't list that one, but I guess that would be a deficiency, a, a overreaction. Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 127. A very familiar psalm about family, about home. Um, again, a song of degrees. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with enemies in the gate. So here he's talking about a watchman, and he's talking about what we, the blessings of family, uh, mentions, some things we shouldn't do, what's vain. That's pretty sobering 
to think that uh, parenting is a one-shot deal. Um, I can't parent my children over. I, I did it once. That's it. We do the best we can, hopefully. But it's not something that we should take lightly um, because it's a very serious responsibility in, in parenting. So number one, um, just not accepting the fact that I'm a parent. That, that's a deficiency. Um, not accepting the responsibilities that I have. Um, knowing what they are, but not not uh, not taking that responsibility seriously. Um, so when I take don't take my responsibility seriously as a parent, then probably my children will be a nuisance. They'll always be in the way. They're kind of just there and. Um, Larry Showalter said in the community where he's at uh, too many children are jerked up not raised up um, not careful not gentle Second deficiency is procrastination. I don't know if you're a procrastinator or not, but I am. I, I tend to, I tend to procrastinate. Um, I tend to put off decisions uh, because I want to make sure that decision's absolutely right. And actually, probably in the end, I get burned because I don't make it soon enough. But if we put off our decisions as parents if we put off cleaning the house if you put off getting up in the morning if you put off spending time with your children if you procrastinate going on vacation you know, I just don't have time for vacation you know we'll do it some other time uh, or if you procrastinate apologies you know very well I know very well I owe somebody apology and I was like nah or maybe we procrastinate telling our family and our spouse that we love them. Uh, procrastinate going to bed on time. Um, we do that at our house. I mean, it's like it almost become the nursing home. I mean, it's like time to go to bed, and you know, it's like too lazy to go to bed, and you're shot and and so you sit in a chair and you know and like after a while you fall asleep and you look and wake up and the wife's over there fall asleep it's like well just go to bed come on like this <clears throat> always procrastinate just doing something fun with the family you know, just just not the same old thing all the time just say hey we're just jumping the car and we're gonna go Dairy Queen or whatever just um, um, 
My brother told me once, he said, and, and I can relate to this, he said, uh, you know, if I had to do it all over, I'd have invest more time in making memories with the family. Just, just stopping and doing something other than the same old thing. Just, yeah, you know, you know we as parents always have work. It's always going to be there. But sometimes you just got to let the work, lay the work aside and, and go to the zoo or go to um, just go out in the yard and have a campfire or do something with, with the family. And it's, it's easy to procrastinate. Third one I have was okay. These, these were written for 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 leaders, but you know, like I said, we're all leaders. Uh, legalism. There's a deficiency in in parenting. Um, an iron rule in the house, without an explanation. Like this is the way we do it, and that's it. Now you know as well as I that we have to have rules in our household. But if the presentation is obey and shut up, it will never work. Um, we should, as parents, have a clear justification for what we ask our children to do. We should. Now, it's not the children's job to keep demanding, why, 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 why? That's not right either. But if there's, if there's a inquiry as to what the basis of what we do, uh, we should have a good reason to give them. If, if a child gets no affirmation till all the legal requirements are met. They will never get affirmation. They just won't. As parents, if God said, I'm going to hold you at bay till you get everything right. How long would it be till you got everything right? Would there ever be a chance of getting everything right? No. Never. Does God have rules? Sure he has rules. They're very clear. But he doesn't say obey and shut up. He explains he has patience. You see, adults never get it right. And children don't either. We have taken we have taken consideration their immaturity, their 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 impulsiveness, their all, all those type of things. So sure, there's directions given, but they should make sense, and they should be gently and um, enforced. Fourth. 
deficiency in parenting is isolationism. A general overprotectiveness of our children. Now you know as well as I, God has called us to protect our children. Alright, we just don't let them go and do anything they want. But we can overprotect them. Be overprotective. We can be so overprotective that we leave our children on the impression that we just kind of generally distrust the whole world. And we just generally distrust everybody in church. Um, Because, you know, they don't understand it right. We understand it right. Okay, so we we understand how it's all supposed to be, but nobody else really understands. So I got to protect my children all the time from 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 all the people that don't understand. And uh, uh, after a while, um, we're unable to cultivate in the lives of our children a trust for other people the ability to trust other people generally speaking now now I'm not saying that we need to be uh, teach our children to be vulnerable like you believe everything that everybody says no you don't go there but you have to you you have to we as parents have to understand that everybody has strong points they just simply do and if we can't find them, our children will never find them either. And we will end up in this little isolated thing where our family's got it together, but nobody else does. And so that's isolationism. And usually what goes with isolationism is this, this bad-mouthing tends to leak out. And so, you know, we, we kind of feel an obligation to tell our children what... Or how everybody else is not quite getting it right, and that's that's uh, that's hard on children because it it creates interpersonal relationship barriers, etc. Number five is unwillingness to stand alone. Got to be a there's got to be a balance in a home where group conscience influences our homes, especially in in our church. There's a balance there. However, I believe every home should have its own unique directives for their children. For example, if my children say to me that so-and-so in church gets to do that, so you must let me do that. Alright? I said, well, if somebody else said it, does it, then I guess it's alright. What's going to happen? Everybody
everything settles down to the lowest common denominator. You see, dad or mom don't have convictions and because and so they don't stand by them just simply because somebody else did it, that's fine with them. And so everything becomes fluid, everything becomes wishy-washy. The children don't know where the parents stand. They don't know what's going on. And they end up with their life comparing themselves among themselves, which the Bible says is not wise. And so... Um, you know, you can train your children to grow up uh, believing that any behavior that I, ha I do... As long as somebody else does it and gets by, it must be okay. That's, that's faulty logic. Seriously faulty logic. Because you can always find somebody to justify your behavior. Always. And that street is not an uphill street. That's a downhill street. What will happen is our children will begin to t test the perimeters of Christianity rather than looking for the core of Christianity. What can I get by with? What can I get by with? And still be a Christian. Kind of like getting married. So you get married and you're on your honeymoon. And so uh, you go to the restaurant, you know, you're traveling, you go to the restaurant, and, and you sit down and you look at your wife across the table and says, you know, honey, I'm really glad you married me, but um, what can I get by with in my marriage, in our marriage? What, what, would, the, what would be the limit that you would put up with? it work and then she says well I, I didn't know that's where we're going I thought we were looking for the core of marriage you know it's like what, what all can we do to, to make this work not how much we can get by with and you may say well yeah but uh, so and so he gets by with spending all the excess money going hunting without his wife for two weeks in Colorado. He does it every year. It's like, can I get by with that? Is that okay? Number six is selfishness. Efficiency in parenting is when everything revolves around keeping dad and mom happy. That's just it. Do I care about whether my children are happy? Is that a concern of mine? Or am I concerned solely that as long as I'm happy, that's all that matters?
See, selfishness brings on unthankfulness, and unthankfulness doesn't value the worth of our spouse or our children. Selfishness does not value the contributions of others. Um, I can be very selfish. And, for example, in my spending habits, as a dad, is it right for me to buy a non-essential while my wife is lacking in essentials? Is it right, men, to buy another rifle when your wife's sewing machine, I mean, uh, washing machine's about shot? No. That's selfish. Very selfish. Do I value the contributions of my children? Do I tell them that I appreciate what they do? Do they know that I care? Number seven, lack of faith. How do I look at the current situation in my home in relation to the future of my home? How do I view that? You know, I I as a parent can look at a problem and see it as a challenge I can look at a problem as being the end of the world you ever meet somebody that every problem constituted the end of the world I mean emotional basket case oh oh my goodness the starter went out of the car oh you know it's just just terrible and You know, it's just the end of the world. And if the children misbehave, it's the end of the world. Anybody here have children that always behaved in church? Raise your hand real high. No. We don't. If I refuse as a parent to learn from adversity, my children will never learn from adversity. If I believe every problem is the end of the world, then my children will think that every problem is the end of the world. And when we, us, Anyone believes that the problem is the end of the world, you, you are, we are not exercising faith, nor are we building faith in the life of our children. Very negative. 
do I see a future? Do, do I portray to my children, getting very specific, that Prairie Church has a future? Do I portray that to them? Or do I see every problem as the end of the world? Does your church have a future? Your children know whether you believe that your church has a future or whether it don't. See, when I have lack of faith, that gets my emotions all stirred up, and likely I will have an anger problem with it. And likely there will be a problem with intimidation of other people also. Folks, we must have faith. Number eight, pride. Deficiencies in parenting, pride. Know-it-all attitude. Um, Do I view my children as perpetually stupid? Do I view others in my church as perpetually stupid. If I do, I won't listen to anyone else because they are perpetually stupid. I just can't believe how perpetually stupid they are. I believe that another person is perpetually stupid, I will be perpetually critical. And they perpetually will never be able to do anything right. And I will never be able to foster a healthy interpersonal relationship with somebody that I believe is perpetually stupid. Now, I heard one man say, uh, what did he say? I get this right. I may be stupid, but I'm not dumb. Alright. Do you know everything about everything? No. So, you're kind of stupid when it comes to brain surgery, right? Yeah, I'm just... But that doesn't make me... Dumb. That doesn't make me 
have the ability to use logic and to get through life successfully, I just don't understand. So if I don't understand, just please help me. Am I so proud of what I have? Something that I possess that nobody can touch it, nobody can borrow it, because if they do, they might scratch it. See, um, us guys are like that with guns. Ever buy a new gun? How many, how many, how many here bought ever bought a new gun? Huh. All right. So, what are guns for? To be used, right? So, when you use it, what's going to happen? It's going to get scratched, right? Sure. So if someone wants to borrow your gun, <clears throat> and it doesn't have a scratch yet, and they bring it back with a scratch, what are you going to do? How are you going to react? If you get a new vehicle and your daughter wrecks it, what a minister in our church one time said, and I hope I never forget it. He said, The times when your family needs you the most are the times you're tempted to reject them. What are you going to do when you arrive on the scene where your daughter wrecked your car? Are you going to chew her out? Are you going to come to a rescue emotionally? What are you going to do? Or if your son, or I just, you like, or your wife, what are you going to do? Light into her in front of the tow truck guy and the policeman and everybody else and how stupid this is and don't you know, whatever, all right? When they're already feeling terrible about what happened. And everybody knows it was their fault. Would you like to be in their shoes? Number nine. Condescending. Deficiency in parenting. Condescending. You poor souls. <laughs> If if you only knew, 
I, I mean, I, I feel sorry for you. You just... Speaking to your teenager like they're six years old? Acting like everybody in the house was born yesterday? Nobody knows just quite how to get it right. How dumb can you get? How do you look at other people? How do you look at your family? How do you look at your children? Number 10, uninteresting. You ever meet somebody who's uninteresting? I mean, they were so uninteresting. It's it just like, you just bored stiff. Mentally, spiritually stagnant. I mean, just the way they were 20 years ago, they're still there. And, and they'll tell you the same old stories. And, you know, it's just... Yeah, you can have a conversation all afternoon. You know, you can go to somebody, you know, go you know for lunch, and, and you come away, and it's like, like I just don't know any more than I did. Now, part of that can be problem is because you know, if you talk all the time, you'll never get any new ideas. You ever think about that? Yeah. You'll never get any new ideas if you talk all the time. But am I as a parent? Spiritually, mentally stagnant. Uh, when you read a book last time, books are tremendous tools to open our mind. Tremendous tools to open our mind. Somebody else's perspective on life, somebody else's experiences, somebody else's what they did right or what they did wrong or how it all turned out. And you don't have to make all the mistakes yourself because you can get the book out and you can read about it. You know, it's like, whatever you want. You know, one of the things, and I think I've said this before, I had a great uncle. No, uh... Remember Wanda, her Bible school, anybody? It's like, Blonde, she was in the office. Anyhow, it was her grandpa. We'd go to her, her grandpa's place, and as a little boy, I never, I mean, I had no interest in what the old men were talking about. I mean, the ladies they would talk, and the men would talk, and like I had no interest in it. It's like business and whatever. It's like I go play. We went to their house. I sat in with the men, and I loved every minute. You know why? Because he was mentally active. That man was so full of new ideas that intrigued me as a child to listen to him. He talked about ideas and he didn't talk a lot about people.
Smart people talk about ideas. Average people talk about the weather. Dumb people talk about each other. You ever hear that? I have to confess I used to read Dear Abby, and that's probably the only, the only thing I remember that she said. But, but seriously, you think about that. And I may have told you this before, but one time my wife and I and our two little children, and yeah, I think it was the same weekend we had the children in the hospital for eating too many pills. But uh, Anyhow, um, <clears throat> get their stomach pumped, but... We decided that weekend, I think it was the same weekend, we decided that, you know, I just read this and I was telling them as we got there, it's like smart people talk about it, just average people talk about the weather, dumb people talk about each other. So we made this pact, all right? And we're not going to be dumb, all right? We, none of us want to be dumb, all right? So anytime anybody's talked about somebody else negatively, <coughs> the buzzer went off. I was shocked. You talk about a wake-up call? Do that for a while. You ever talk to somebody that was obsessed with making money? Absolutely the most uninteresting people you can meet. It's just money, money, money. I mean, it's all one subject forever. Uh, we used to go to my wife's family, and it has nothing to do with this, but they were outlaws, okay? They were not really blood relatives, so I'll get this. All right. So the, the outlaws would, cousins, cousins' husbands, all right? Would, there's two of them would always talk about money. I mean, all afternoon, about the millionaires and how they walked around with rags on their feet and how this and that, and, you know, you're making money and, you know, and they're about 30 and they're saying, oh, between 40 and 60, that's when you make all your money, you know, and it's money, 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 money. And we went to a reunion just last year and I went up to him. I said, you know, when I tried to be kind. So I went up to him, I said, uh, you know, we used to get together way back, you know, you guys just talk about money, and when, and when you talk about money, you always said that you would make it between 40 and 60. That's the time you make your money. So I said, uh, how'd this all work out? <laughs> they both started laughing because I don't think it worked out. <laughs> but seriously... Or you meet somebody that has this file on their back, and every time you talk to them, they puke all over you about what all everybody did wrong to them in their life. Most uninteresting people. Like, I don't need to hear your garbage. Pardon me. Do I look for new ideas in parenting? Am I open to how to do it better than I am? Am I looking for to expand my life, or am I willing? Am I willing to do something new, try something new? Am I willing to take risks, or do I 
fear that I might fail. So I never take a risk. And so I have my little world and I, I, I just go around a circle and around a circle and around a circle and, and you know, and after a while the grass is gone and after a while I, you know, this, and I go all my life and I dig myself into this big hole. And when I'm done, all they have to do is just shovel the dirt on top. That's a little satire there or whatever. You you meet, you meet people like that? They, they just... There's something interesting. Am I... Do I try to be a parent that is interesting? Can I have an interesting conversation at the table? Yeah, friendly debate. Can you have it? No. Number 11. Inability to communicate. This is the last one. So, if any you're right, I don't say, you poor soul. I don't say, how stupid can you get? I don't say, this is ignorant. I don't say anything. I just clam up. Just clam up. So I clam up. So I internalize everything. You know what's going to happen? Anybody want to guess what happened? If you clam up and you internalize everything? You ever hear of a volcano? It'll happen. You can't, I can't clam up, I can't internalize everything and expect my life is going to work. You've met them. I've met them. Clam up, clam up, clam up, clam up, and all at once. And quite often it's a phone call because they don't want to say it to your face. It's a phone call, I know. Spout off. But if you know them well enough, you know that, well, if you let them spout off and you know, get the pressure all down. It'll probably be all right tomorrow, maybe. But it's it doesn't work for families. It doesn't work. So we need to communicate. We need to talk. We need to work it out. Now, I'll also say there is time not to talk. But maybe after you get over it, then you can talk. You know, give yourself. I mean, if you know that what you're going to say is not be kind, it's not going to be nice, it's not going to be whatever. Maybe you should just, you know, let it rest for a little while. You know, and then you can talk about it when the emotions 
kind of calm down and whatever. Well, I hope this wasn't too negative. But it's something I think we can look at and um, to be positive parents, to be effective parents, to honor God in our parenting and don't take the list and go over every day. It's like, oh, I'll make sure I got these 11 things right. You know, it's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I don't do that. No, no, no. But kind of keep it in the back of your mind. And certainly a challenge for me and certainly, uh, um, yeah, I battle with them all. I'll well come right out and say it. You know why? Because of our carnality, that's what it is. Surface every once in a while. By the grace of God, ask God for help and move ahead. Tremendous blessing to raise a family for Christ. Those of you who have your children's feet around your table, I'll tell you what best time of your life best time of your life don't miss it for anything let's pray Father we come to this morning we thank you for your plan for humanity thank you for Jesus that teaches us how to live Lord we come to you as needy people we come to you as needing your direction and your help and thank you for the word that directs directs us and I pray Lord that you would take these things this morning that we've looked at and know that you have better greater things for us but I just pray Lord you would Help us to be on guard, that you would give us courage and the responsibility you give us as parents, and Lord, you bless us with these dear children, uh, grandchildren, the, one of the greatest privileges that you've placed in our lives, and I pray that you would... Uh, just help us. We reach out to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.